Pride of Narcan. June is Pride Month, and it's all about the LGBTQ communities coming together to celebrate freedom to be themselves. As an employee of community medical services, the first word in the name says it all. Being a part of the community is a core value of who we are, and what we do is try to be a part of that to help all those impacted by opioids. This year, we put being at Pride Fest in Milwaukee as a place we wanted to bring our services to the community. And did we? Listen to find out what happens when we attend a community event that celebrates love is love, and we bring Narcan that can save the lives of those loved ones. I am your host, Andrew J. Schreier, and this podcast is a follow-up to the book I wrote called Addiction and Recovery. I am an independent clinical supervisor, clinical substance abuse counselor, and licensed professional counselor in the state of Wisconsin. In this profession, the opportunity to learn and become educated is never short, and the ongoing venture of gaining wisdom to help others is definitely a passion I possess. This is where I get to share that information with you and invite guests to share their experience and work. In this podcast, we discuss issues related to addiction, recovery, mental health, counseling, treatment, and several other areas. We discuss alcohol, drugs, gambling, gaming, pornography, and other behaviors that impacts the lives of people I work with, the individuals in their lives, and the community as well. Listen as we talk about these issues because when we don't talk about them and the silence grows, the worse it becomes. Talking about them continues to bring them into the light, which is our best way of addressing these issues and ultimately helping those who are impacted. You can find the podcast on social media with Instagram at Talking Addiction and Recovery and Facebook page with Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast. You can send emails, ask questions, provide feedback, or inquire about being a guest at TalkingAddictionAndRecovery at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast, and with every episode you listen to, I hope you walk away learning something. I want to talk in this episode about a recent event I was a part of, and this is going to be definitely more of like a story format episode to, to talk about what was going on and even share stories within this this greater story. And it was PriFest in Milwaukee, and it's actually Wisconsin's largest LGBTQ festival since 1987. And Pride Month is really the the promotion of the self-affirmation, you know, like dignity, equality, and the increased visibility of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people as a, a social group. Pride, which is really the opposing view of, you know, like shame and social stigma, is the predominant outlook that's really used for a lot of these mo- these movements and that's huge because the work that you know we do with addiction with mental health there's so much that we've talked about with stigmas even in treatment and medication that's used there's stigmas surrounding it so this is stigma is nothing new and this is a, a population that faces such scrutiny with stigmas that pride is that sort of way of combating that and to really open that up for people to have the freedom to celebrate who they are and you know so throughout the month there's a lot of you know events there's a lot of things going on to recognize this celebrate this and 
part of it was we decided to get involved at Pride Fest in Milwaukee. And by we, it's Community Medical Services, where I work. And we, we provide opioid treatment with the use of medications and therapy to those impacted by opiates. And there's a little background to this story, which just makes it even that much exciting to share. And a friend of ours, of my fiance and mine, uh, his name's Jimmy. He's been the volunteer director for quite a few years with Pride Fest. And we helped volunteer at the last one that occurred right before COVID hit. And we, we volunteered at the photo booth. They, it was awesome. Great time. Like lots of fun. Really enjoyed ourselves. Something that we said we would do hands down again. And he, we were camping uh, one time with, with some friends and he was there. And he was asking about how the new job was going. Because at the time, I just recently came over to community medical service. I was doing the same work with another organization, but I recently switched over. And he was asking about how it was, and I was talking about how it was going. And he made mention of, you know, hey, you should consider being a part of our health and wellness expo at, at Pride Fest. And this is something where they have a lot of different organizations who are there to provide services and, and share information about health and wellness. It was a big part. I knew exactly what he was talking about when I was when we were there volunteering. So he sends me this link where we could apply to be an exhibitor. So I decided to go to my clinical manager, Patrick, and he responds with his usual, you know, that's awesome. Whatever we got to do for it, I'm in it. Normally, all you have to do is talk with him about if you want to do something from the organizational standpoint, from like a clinic standpoint, if it is something that could benefit the patients, if it's something that could benefit the staff as professionals, it's something that can you know benefit the organization. If you just have one of those, he is fully supportive and, and says, yes, let's do it. Whatever we need, let's figure it out. So I then went to... Amanda, who is our outreach specialist, uh, long title. I can I can never remember what is, but a big you know community impact, you know liaison for a lot of things that we do in the community. And I went to her asking about getting everything put together. You know, so applying for it, you know, looking at what we want to do, what we want to hand out, having things there. So she's she's one hundred percent up for it, thinks it's a great idea. So here here we go. We apply and we come to find out that we were we were accepted. This was going to happen. Now we had our, our typical plan of having all that fun table exhibit stuff, right? So you have the mix of brochures, pamphlets, cards, information in combination with all the the fun swag, you know, stickers, pens, chapstick with sunscreen. I have to remember that that's a little bonus to the chapstick that we, we give out. And all that good stuff, right? And one of the swag items that was extremely popular was like our tote drawstring bag that had our logo on it and the pride flag colors. But our main focus was really to give out Narcan to as many people possible, which Narcan is the 
the, the medication used to reverse an opioid overdose pretty much saves someone's life who is overdosing from opioids. And that's, that's what we really wanted to do was for people to be able to come to the table, get trained on it real quick and, and walk away from that. Now, before I share some of the stories and the experience of it, I just wanted to dig into that piece about it. You know, when you look at it, Narcan is the life-saving medication that can be used to reverse an opioid overdose. It saves lives. It can save a life. You know, what happens if the person is not using opioids? No problem. Doesn't hurt them at all. It's not easy for everyone to get Narcan. You know, we are pretty fortunate that we work with the state through a grant and we get access to it for our patients and we also are able to distribute it to the community. But there's a lot of people that struggle with that. You know, not everyone wants to go into a pharmacy and ask for it or be able to purchase it. So being able to just hand it out for free was something that we are able to do and we wanted to do that. So lots of efforts behind the scenes for for people to be able to do this, you know, and kudos to those who keep having to manage, you know, like the, the ordering, restocking, and, and continuously getting this into our hands so that we can keep getting it to others. Now, you might think that giving away for free a life-saving medication wouldn't be that difficult. You know, for the most part, it isn't. You know, we give Narcan to patients immediately when they come in first day of intake. When we talk about harm reduction, relapse prevention, we ask if they have Narcan. If they come in and ask for more, we provide it. We've had several patients come in and say, I need more because I used it on someone the other night. Not themselves, they used it on someone else. But some people do have a problem with Narcan. They really do. But I've talked about that, and it's it's going to kind of not mix with the vibe of this episode. So if you want to hear about why people have a problem with Narcan, you can go listen to episode 10. This is episode 10. You know, we're almost approaching 100. But back in episode 10, I talked about what is wrong with saving someone from an overdose. And that was back in... September of 2019, and I still have to try to convince people to have this and use this to save a life. But here we are at PriFest. We got all this swag, information about our programs and services, and Narcan. Now, the, the big draw for attention at our table was the pride flag drawstring tote bags we had. You know, people started coming around asking for those. They would come up and say, are you the place with the bags? And yes, we were. And we also want to talk to you about Narcan. And we did. We just started asking people if we can talk to them about it. You know, throw in some mints, toss in a chapstick in the bag. Here's some cards or, or some flyers. But most importantly, let's talk about Narcan. Pretty cool from an organizational standpoint, right? Like it wasn't make sure to get this many new patients or referrals it was about get this medication out there because it can save lives and we start to get into a rhythm of asking if they have a few minutes to learn about it give a two to three minute on how to use it 
We put in a reference card that we got from the Wisconsin Department of Health Services on how to administer Narcan, which came from their resources and their website, uh, doseofrealitywi.gov, to go with it, the, the kit of Narcan, and send people on their way. It kept building and building. And my friend and coworker, Lisa, who's a nurse, was just cranking out trainings and I'm, I'm setting people up with the goodie bag of everything they needed and we just kept doing it and finally noticing like shit we're going through a lot of boxes you know the boxes that were contained in Narcan were starting to stack up and each each box has 12 kits and each kit has two doses well we we start going through one box two box and all of a sudden we're at five boxes and I'm keeping the cardboard boxes in a stack to sort of keep track of like how much we've been giving, you know, how much we're going to give the rest of the night. And then also there's a whole nother day. We had more of our staff and crew coming to even work a longer day. So we're starting to realize how much we're giving away. And the amazing stories that come out of, the, the interactions we had is, is what I really want to be able to provide and talk about. So I want to, you know, tell you about some of the encounters of giving Narcan, because as I said before, and if you'd listened to episode 10, you'll learn more about not everyone being a fan of Narcan, that not everyone supports us doing this. We do receive a lot of support. We've done this in other areas of the community as well, but the amount of support we received at Pride Fest was it was incredible. It was support that we probably didn't see or or feel on such a large scale event like that weekend. I, I never thanked so many people for taking Narcan. And then being thanked so many times for giving it for giving it out. You know the the scene in Seinfeld, uh, the uh, the Virgin episode, season four, episode ten. George and Jerry are at a bar, and they're meeting these two ladies. And they there's this scene where they're introducing one another, and they're just constantly going back and forth on saying each other's name, and that. That's sort of what it was like. It was like, thank you. And then the, the, the other person would be like, thank you. And it'd be like, well, thank you for taking it. Well, thank you for giving this. No, thank you for coming over in here and taking some. You know, thank you for giving out and having this for us. You know, thank you for coming back again and wanting it was just a, a nonstop interaction of thanking one another for having the Narcan giving it out, but also a willingness to take it to to let others know and for a good amount of time that's that's what it was you know just full of gratitude and appreciation and some of the interactions were were noteworthy to share there was this one person that came up to the table and was asking what what we had and we were talking about narcan that this is a medication um, for opioid use and this individual loudly boldly was talking about how she was 27 years sober and she doesn't need that and I was I was 
anticipating that the next sentence would have been, you know, that that's she's abstinent. She that's that's not something that she needs. And all of a sudden, she was like, "But I know someone that might." So even with this this abstinent based, you know, sobriety, being in this position of having twenty seven years, acknowledging that she doesn't need it was looking at, but I know someone that might. There is someone that could use it. So it was really great to see that someone who had a substantial amount of time in abstinence and working their sobriety was still looking at what to do with someone who who wasn't, someone that was in a different spot than her and not waiting for that person to be at that point when they're still using it. That's not where they're at right there. I had another person come to me who uh, who was like, what is this for? And I, I said, it's for opioid, opioid use, you know, to help with an overdose. And the person said, I, I use crack. I'm not, I don't use opioids. I use crack. And at first I thought he was going to walk away and then and think that's that's not for him. And his response again for this person was, oh, wait, this could save a life. And then he, he took it. Didn't matter what it was for. Just the ability to save a life for this person, regardless of what the, the other person, that it wasn't the same thing they were using. That was something different. That totally changed his his demeanor. You know, at first it was something that, no, I don't need that. That's not for me. Then all of a sudden finding out it could save a life just quickly turned around to, you know what, that's that's something that might save someone's life. There was a probation officer that was with someone. And they asked, how come I've never heard of you? I said, well, we're located in, you know, these these areas and West Dallas, South Milwaukee and Fond du Lac in Wisconsin. And the probation officer said, oh, that's I haven't heard of you. That's not my territory. And the probation officer was like, I already have access to to Narcan, but you could use some. And she was with someone that you could tell by the look of this individual to the other that was almost like uh yeah this person is using or they're they're maybe around people that are using you could use this it was amazing on two levels because one you have a probation officer that that currently has access to narcan and that's not always something that every probation officer would uh, would agree to would thinks a good idea there's there's plenty of beliefs and viewpoints in, in that profession that that might go against the use of Narcan. But to also see a probation officer with someone who may be struggling with use or who might be knowing some people who are struggling with use, to encourage that for that person to get some was really awesome to see. And I don't know if you would see that when they're in their professional you know, in, when they're wearing their professional hat, their role in the work that they do. Like if I would have met this probationer at probation officer at their office, uh, maybe it wouldn't have been the same type of interaction. But to see them at Pride Fest, to have them come to the booth, ask who we are, find out about it, 
and suggest to the person that they were with that they might need this. That was really, really great to hear and, and to experience. There was another group of medical professionals who I think they were like EMT type responders, but they were they worked at events and were the medical providers in case of something happening. And they were there was a lot of them. There's probably like five or six that that came to the table and, and wanted to have it because they weren't given access to it. They weren't that's not something that they were given where they were currently working and they wanted some a lot a lot of them even came back and they were so thankful for having it because this was medical professionals wanting to be able to have this medication that could save someone's life and they wanted to be able to use that if if need be and not wanting to but um, if the situation came up they want to be able to have this medication to save someone's life so a lot of them talked about wanting to use it in where they worked or keep it on them in person or just to have because it wasn't something that was distributed to them. So even in like a medical profession, we've come across people that that don't believe in it or don't use it. Uh, there's stigmas against it. And even though it's a medication that can save life. So it was great to see these medical professionals take those extra steps to want to have it to get access to it and to use it and a couple of them came back and got more just because of the work they do they imagine that they're going to run into this there was a a individual who was seeking treatment at another place and we were we were talking to them and letting them know who we are um and, and to make it very clear, we want people to go where they, they need to go and where they can go. It doesn't matter if it's us or if it's a competitor. I could get into some of the things that we do to, to help people get in. But it if you're in somewhere, great. If you need to get in somewhere, let's find it. Is it closer to you? Great. If it's better for you for whatever reason, it's great that you're there. And And we were talking about narcan and they said that you know they their clinic had it but there was they had to go to groups to order to get it they had to go to a narcan training group and group was something that this person was uncomfortable with and we just talked about how you know this is a, a way to get it then um and stuff like that and being able to have this opportunity which is really good because that's that's where i was explaining before we give it out to everyone that the, the first day they come in even if they don't finish intake with us we want them to have it the idea of you know hoping that someone asks for it or that they're going to think to ask for it it's it, it just isn't that easy so we just want to make sure everyone has it right away when they come in so on intake day first day they come into treatment that's where we make sure that they they have it but we don't want barriers we don't want obstacles we don't want anything more in the way of giving someone narcan that could save someone's life there was someone that 
that was at the event came up to the table, asked about what we do, shared about what we do. We talked about the Narcan, and part of them was you know they they said I don't I don't use drugs. I don't hang around people that use drugs. Um, and I, I was I kind of had a very uh, professional personal like disclosure. This person said, I don't, I don't either. You know, I, I don't, but I carry it around with me because I just never know. I actually keep it in my, as a type one diabetic, I keep some in my medical kit that I carry for my, my diabetes with my insulin, changing meds, all that type of stuff. I started putting it in there because when I travel with it or if I go places, like I know I'll have it with me. And it's not that I'm going to be around people that are using, but you just never know who might be. I could be out somewhere or being somewhere and then someone might be passed out or, or overdose and I want to make sure that I, I have some. So it it's not to have because I plan around. I It's not to have on you necessarily because you plan on being in that position. But if you were to come across something you'd want to be able to have it. So I told that person that it it's just something good to have for anyone because of the amount of people that are experiencing fatal overdoses. You might not think you're going to see that or be around it, but there's just increased chances that you are. And how can we be prepared for that? There's another individual that came to the the table uh, and I always you know when I can I want to ask people you know hey well what do you do like what tell me your story and this person was a bartender and this this stands out because I, I feel that bartenders are in a unique position also to help out with this and you know i I don't want to say it's because of the some of the clientele that come into bars, but there's just a lot of stories that I was reading and looking at where bartenders have been getting more into like involvement in some other states with distributing Narcan, fentanyl strips. There's an article I read about a bar that has um, a, a container with free fentanyl testing strips or they've got a sign up for getting narcan and that that's been a a popular way of of people finding it and getting it so it was really great to see then someone come up who's a bartender who wants to be able to and i asked like what what do you think that would you would use that then and the first thing was in case something happened at the bar like if someone passed out in the bathroom or someone passed out in the parking lot that they'd be able to have it. But she, the, she just talked about how it's ama- It's amazing how it comes up like in, in conversation and stuff like that, where with, with patrons about, you know, drug use sometimes. And they, it's kind of like could be a middle person to give help or, or a resource like that. And it's not surprising because like I said, I was reading about it in other areas where, where this very same thing was happening. So it was really amazing to have a bartender come to the table because of what they do and want to be able to help out. 
so like their role and, and being able to say, hey, this is something I can do to help with it or to provide people with resources or this life-saving medication, um, I'd like, I want to have some. So that, that, was, that was phenomenal. One of the most heart-wrenching you know, stories that came out of it was a individual who told us that they just lost someone um, to an overdose. It, it was a, a child of theirs that they lost to an overdose. Uh, and th that in of itself is a really hard conversation to have. But then what made it even harder was when this individual talked about, when we talked about Narcan, this this idea that this medication could have saved their life or it could have been available to help save their life possibly really, really took to heart. And the individual still got some because the idea that maybe this could save someone else. And that, that was really hard because people who love someone with a, with substance use uh, using opioids there's there's people that have turned down having narcan using narcan that it just enables using but you could just feel this this connection with this person that was like man, I wish I, I had this or had I known about this. So it was it was really hard. It, it was even harder when we we're talking about the Narcan. But then it was also incredible to, to see this person still want to take some to prevent this from happening to someone else. And that was definitely worth the, the hard conversation that that came with it so throughout throughout the night th these were stories that were going on and it was it was incredible you know as the night went on it was just story after story and encounter after encounter you know some of the volunteers at the end at the event came by us uh, you know fellow health and wellness expo members came over and it was amazing we even got so into it we drew on the ground with with chalk and it started with give hope which is one of our models with arrows leading to save a life with more arrows and then i drew the purple overdose ribbon with more arrows to narcan which finally reached to our booth you know the next the next best thing about having one day and night to do this is to have a whole other entire day and night to do this a whole nother set of co-workers were prepared to do it again tomorrow and and we're on a we're on a mission already because we're already starting to look at the amount that we gave out we were looking at the number that we might need for the next day and you know by the end of the night on Saturday and you add in everything distributed Friday night and Saturday night it came to a total of 
396 kits. And remember, each kit has two doses. So that's over 780 or 92 doses of life-saving medication. And it was immediately shared with our entire organization. And I posted it on social media and my, my LinkedIn account. And there was a tremendous amount of support. I shared it with my private practice colleagues. And this is what someone said. And I, this is fascinating by what was shared. This came from someone that worked with in private practice. I love considering the ripple effect of this. The people who've received the kits, the people who love them, the possibility of positive change to individual or generational history of a, if a life is saved and lived differently. Hope, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Interesting because as harm reduction harm reductionists, we believe in any positive change. And one of our mottos is, you know, giving hope. And this is from someone who doesn't even work at the same place with us, but but with me in private practice. So even sharing what we did with others has been a really incredible experience with with what we did. And as we were leaving Friday night, my coworker and I, you know, we just we just talked about how nothing really compared to that experience before. You know, being able to distribute that much life-saving medication to people and the incredibly welcoming and supportive and grateful reception that we received was overwhelming at times. And we didn't want to stop. We wanted to keep doing it. You know, the atmosphere was full of acceptance, togetherness, support, care, kindness, gratitude, appreciation, almost an underlying theme of, of we can do this if we do this together. And that was that's really been experience after experience of being at Pride Fest. So I talk a lot about what we do to try and make this better and help the community, but the event itself and the community itself with Pride Fest was also... I, I believe and I know was a huge part of that welcoming as well and really believing that we can that we can we can do this if we do this together and that's our hope and it is our belief and it really teaches you that it's the community aspect is so important and that's why I said it's in the first the first word in our name is is community, that, that we are a part of it and we are trying to do what we can to help it and work together. And that's what we want to keep trying to do is, is be a part of the community. You know, we're not just a, well, come to us if you need it. Part of it is we will come to you because you need it and, and we can do that. So keep looking out for us. You know, we have plans to be in a lot of other communities a lot of other events we 
shared a lot about this. Other clinics and places shared about this when when we met as an organization and shared things. You know, we're going to be present at a lot of conferences and and I'll be there presenting at some. And you can guarantee that next year, PrideFest, we will definitely be back. And we want to thank PrideFest for having us. It was, it meant a lot. Not, not just to me, not just because of the connection I, I was able to have with a friend of ours, with the organization. It, it meant a lot to a lot of people that we were able to not only come there and share who we are and what we did, but we were able to distribute to, you know, Narcan to so many people. And there's there's not enough thanks to go around for it, but that's that's how I'm going to keep trying to do that. And if you want to learn more about Narcan, you know, hit me up, reach out, send an email to Talking Addiction Recovery at gmail.com. Follow any of the social media accounts. Message me through there on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. If if you find a way to reach out and and you want some or need some, we'll look at what we can do or how we can get that. Local places that do it, we will find a way because we believe that this medication is is life saving. It's important and it's needed if we are going to continue to help those impacted by opioids. And we can do that by doing it together, by doing it at events, doing it in the community, as we we become all a part of this. So let's keep taking those steps to becoming, to learn more about Narcan. Remember to listen to episode 10, where you can learn more about it, learn more about why people have a problem with it. But most importantly, take away the stories from this about ways that we can do it as a community. Thank you for listening, and as always, hope you learned something.